Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. I'm David Garig. And before we get started, just want to let you know of an upcoming workshop. I have it June 27th and 28th. It's the workshop's called Capo Kids Unite. And so it's on Kapotasana, the formidable backbend of the second series, and using backbending principles to develop that uh, challenging pose. And so it's from 9 to 12 Eastern Standard Time on the 27th and 28th of June. And uh, you can tune in live or watch on your own time. And you can find information on my website and would love to have you join in on that. It's uh, all level. So even if you're not super experienced at backbends, there's uh, be giving instructions for detailed instructions for everything that we do. So you're welcome to join. Okay, so I, re- I received this question from somebody, and I thought it was very compelling, and I want to talk to you a little bit about it. So it says, she says, where's the place of the yogi in a revolution? And then, sitting still goes against every fiber of my being. And what do the sutras say? I, I love that image of sitting still goes against every fiber of my being. And there's a lot to kind of work with there, unravel. And, and one of the things is that a realized yogi, so one that's a long time established in the discipline and has kind of transcended the ego and come to the, the universal perspective on life and lives for the welfare of all beings, um, that's exactly what they do. Okay, it's called yama. Or restraint. That's the very foundation of yoga, the first limb. And it means you sit still even when it goes against every fiber of your being. And and it's not that you you don't sit still because you're aloof or indifferent or you don't care or you're not going to get involved. No, you do it because you want that perspective on things. And And when you act, you're able to act very skillfully to act when it when when you are in a state where every fiber of your being needs to act often can end up with a a, a rash um, impulsive action that causes harm okay so th- like um, revenge comes when you right when you can't hold back okay and and so this idea of the the, the revolution, I mean, there's a lot of things that could mean, but generally it means protest. It means injustice. It means a lot of anger and um, pain and suffering and need for change to happen. So the yogi has to take a step back before the act. And that's this restraint. But, but then also this idea that sitting still goes against every fiber of my being. Uh, th- it's also a mistaken notion that the yogi just sits still in the face of, or, or like doesn't have concerns about the world. It's like off in a cave or a monastery praying for, for everyone and not involved in the world. Okay? And, and this is a, a mistaken idea. So I'm going to talk to you about how the yogi practices restraint and yet acts. Okay, and because that's the, the whole thrust of the Bhagavad Gita. So it, it's saying that 
the human being is constantly in action. So never ceases to act from, from birth to death. Okay? And so, so it's not really a choice of sitting still or not sitting still. It's like we're constantly acting. And so that's why the Bhagavad Gita says yoga is skill in action. So your, so your whole, the, the idea of restraining is simply taking enough time, creating the space to, to create a skillful action and to make sure that your, your action, that it's the most suitable, the best action to take you towards your desired goal. Okay, and so, but I, I want to back up for one little second and um, talk to you about this passage from the Bhagavad Gita. So it, it, it goes like this. It says, she who follows not here the wheel thus set in motion and who lives in sin, reveling in the senses, lives in vain. Okay, and so the, the, so the one that doesn't follow the wheel that's, that's set in motion here is, and that lives in sin and that revels in the senses, their life is a waste. Okay, and so what is this wheel here that's set in motion? And um, so it's like a, the premise of life. And what it's really saying is that your that the wheel set in motion is you live in a meaningful universe. So your every action matters because everything is interconnected. So, so you can never act separately. You're, every time you act, you influence the entire cosmos. Okay, and and so and the wheel here set in motion it's it, it's like this so there's the material part and it's that material is ceaselessly active and and so it's constantly changing it's going through birth sustaining life death birth sustaining life death and and that's everything that's your body your thoughts your personality your history um everything that surrounds you so all the the houses, cars, mountains, worlds, everything is in flux, coming and going endlessly. Okay, and when you get plopped down here in that cyclical activity and you get the consciousness, th that consciousness is not just randomly there for you to kind of enjoy yourself while you're here. And that's the, where the passage says that it's reveling in the senses or and that's living in sin. So to live in sin is to... Uh, only think of yourself as a material being and then act from that place, okay? But because what, why you're here is to gain, use your material self, your small self, to gain a spiritual perspective. So, and to see the universality of all life. So, it's to go from your small self to the large self. And the small self is just you with your body and your little concerns for, for your life and your well-being. And the big self, it's like in the mythology, it's the whole of existence is imagined as taking place in the body of a cosmic being. So nothing in existence is outside this being. And so just like the whole world that happens inside your body, well, the whole world itself happens in the site within the body of this cosmic being, and that is you. 
So that, and everything then is connected to everything else. And so, so the, the spiritual perspective that you're trying to adopt then, you, you get a grand perspective where justice isn't just for you, that justice is for everyone. And so, and if, if justice, if you have justice or happiness or peace, and yet other people outside of you don't have that all around the world, you're not satisfied. And you're go- your actions, you're going to try to uh, figure out how to act for the benefit and the welfare of all. Okay, and that is the wheel set in motion here. To live your life, your small little life, to, to help with life itself. The next passage in that, so it starts off with this, who follows not here, the wheel thus set in motion, who lives in sin, reveling in the senses, lives in vain. Okay, but, and then it says, but whosoever rejoices solely in the self, with the capital S, um, is gratified in the self, and is content with the self alone, uh, for that person, nothing needs to be done. Yeah, nothing needs to be done. Okay, and that's the the ideal. Okay, and 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 yet here's you you and I barely have entered preschool, so that's kind of giving you this idea of what the what is what's at the pinnacle of the wheel that's set in motion. Like re, so, when you have this realization of self. You don't, there's nothing, no action that you need to take, okay? But, but this is the long uh, path. It's like, it's the sage or uh, an enlightened person, fully realized. And so it takes a huge training uh, to, to get to that point where nothing needs to be done. And so like when, when you say, it, the person wrote, sitting still goes against every fiber of my being. And partly that's um, a healthy thing, right? And you're not supposed to sit still in the beginning. Like our whole idea, our whole need is to realize that we're acting all the time and then to slowly carve out the ability to act consciously. And this is where practice comes. And and the Yoga Sutras talk about it. They And they give two... Uh, qualifiers for practice. So they say um, there has to be practice, which is one is called abhyasa, and it just means the effort to remain there, which is as this um, self, like the, to identify with the large self, the, the, the universal self. Then practice is the effort to realize to that state of kind of universalizing your concern of for for all life, and and then it says that um, the other half is vairagya. Okay, it's so it so it means you have to have um, non attachment. So in the one you have this great effort you to to um, bring skill to your every action because every action it ha- is meaningful. It's it's part of the. It has an effect on the the whole, and, and yet you also have to be have practice this um, indifference or neutrality or equanimity in the face of action, and that's part of um, yama restraint. 
And, and so, so the training of yoga then is this long, slow uh, process that you have to build into. So you can't, you, you can't be in a position to, to, to restrain and to perceive a circumstance, we'll say it this way, you need to have a deep training to restrain and to see a circumstance in such a way that you'll act skillfully and um, create the least harm and the most good when you act. And so, so your daily practice, it's, it's on purpose that it starts with the smallest tasks so that you can get a handle on what constitutes um, skillful action. And, and so, because, like, bringing integrity to how you go into headstand, or um, the way that you perform navasana, the boat pose, and, and how you meet the challenges that, that, that come to you in these small little puzzles, see, the, those are key they're essential, okay, and they're, because the Bhagavad Gita reminds you that the discipline and the philosophy are one and the same thing, and you can substitute work for the word discipline or action, so that the act, your action and the philosophy behind it are not separate, and so, the, so every action that you take reveals your philosophy, okay? and and with yoga, you are attempting to train yourself to live by a philosophy. And this is why it takes time. And this is where, this is the place of the yogi in a revolution. Okay? The yogi has, prepares for great obstacles and great challenges by, um, by practicing skill in action in the, under the smallest conditions and then gaining uh, slowly gaining strength and flexibility and uh, uh, discernment to, to be able to apply the skills that, that you learn in these small uh, instances to greater instances that have more complexity and more consequences and are, uh, involve more of the world, not just you on your mat. Okay, and so the next stanza in that Bhagavad Gita, after it says, so, um, so it goes, one who follows not here the wheel thus set in motion and who lives in sin, uh, reveling in the senses lives in vain. And then, but who, whosoever rejoices solely in the self is gratified in the self and is content with the self alone. Um, then for them, there's nothing that needs to be done. And then, so the next one says, for that yogi, there is nothing in this world to be gained by action, nor by abstaining from action. And so, and nor is there among all beings anyone on whom she depends for anything. Okay, and then the next line says, therefore, without attachment, without attachment, always perform action which needs to be done. Okay, and so, so, so when you're realized, there's, there's nothing to be gained by action, but there's also um, no, nothing to be gained by abstaining for, from action. Okay, so you're not attached to either. 
And implicit in that person's question was saying that, so that, that like, here's a revolution or a, a need for action in the world over here in one place, and then here's the sitting yogi uh, in another place, and that those two places are separate. Because, like, sitting still goes against every fiber of my being, as though that's what the yogi has to do, is just sit still while the world it goes up in flames, and right? And, and, but, but that's a mistake in thinking that, okay? So that the, the, the concerns of the world are the concerns of the yogi. And so it's saying that you must always perform action which needs to be done, but do it without attachment. You use the, the realized yogi or the kind of ideal that they present. You kind of hold that up and, and slowly kind of work to emulate that and just at least imagine. So it's because it's saying that for the, for the realized yogi, there's nothing in the world that needs to be gained by action. But, but neither by abstaining for action, from action. So in, in either way, you, you just, it, 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 so it, you're, not, you're not attached to action and you're not attached to not acting. Okay, and you do what needs to be done. And then it also says this, and nor is there among all the beings, anyone on whom this yogi depends on, for anything. There's this utter independence that the yogi has. And so, um, and then it brings in a very important point because the person, when they asked the question, they said, where's the place of the yogi in a revolution? And, and so, it's very important that to personalize that. So, where's the place of this yogi, where is my place as a yogi in this particular set of circumstances? Whether it's a, a revolution, a puzzle, an action, whatever it is. That, and where is my place? And where do I stand? And what's my action? Okay, and so that, because you're not dependent upon any other being for anything at all. And I love this about yoga because it's an inward turning and because that partly the whole process of becoming skillful in action is through self-reflection. So it's really watching and scrutinizing and examining your behaviors and your intentions and your desires and working to elevate them, to, to bring them to a kind of a more sacred place, a more all-inclusive place where your concerns become larger. Like they, they include the whole world. And, and so, but, and so you, but you, that, that process of coming to a care about everything in existence is very individual. So that you, you have to become an independent thinker, an independent actor, in order to really uh, get skill in action. And, and, and you have to do it against the grain of the herd. 
Okay, so other people might have very different ideas about how a yogi should behave or how so-and-so should behave or how you should behave. And, and you have to have your own convictions and your own insights into what you believe is right and to take the proper steps for yourself, even when it may not be popular or um, what everyone else is doing. Tell you one other thing that a little bit further in that same passage I'm following along in the Bhagavad Gita. So, and in a certain way, you, the, the, at least I do this as a teacher, and I think that, and as a person too, because when, so, so this idea of having the your kind of greatest vision for the world, and and that's partly what the revolution is about, or protest, or activism. Right? It's seeing injustice or inequality and it's trying to like bring about transformation or change and get the see a, a, a bring a new world into existence. And and in that way then you have to be an example of that new world. You have to live your life so that people um want to emulate that or see like, oh, that's 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 how to live, right? Or that's how to, that's the admirable attitude to take in a circumstance. And so it, that Bhagavad Gita, it says, whatever way of life the best adopt, that also is adopted by lesser folk. So the world follows the standards set by its greatest exemplars. Wow. And, and, and so... And you could think it's a little bit presumptuous to think of yourself as a great exemplar or an example, but why not? Why not try your best to, to do your practice, to go inside yourself and live your life according to your greatest convictions and be an example to, to others and realize that, that I just love that idea. So whatever way of life the best adopt, that's also adopted by lesser folk. The world follows the standards set by its greatest exemplars. So it's saying, so you have to take it on yourself to set the example if you want to see the world rise to a greater place. Okay, and and the only way that you can get that is through the daily discipline. Okay, there's, there's no substitute because the, the, it takes strength of strength of body, strength of mind, strength of character, and a real conviction to uh, live according to your highest ideals and, and then um, express those in the world and, and get a movement started or get people... Um, also following your example or joining joining in with others who are setting strong examples. So this idea that you're constantly acting, okay, and the, and so yoga, the training of yoga is to get to act skillfully, and and you're, it's the small tasks that teaches you the principles and gives you the strength and the experience to tackle the larger tasks. So you've got this daily 
discipline that you have to stick to in order to build the the ability to to have skill in action and part of skill in action are two, two things one is acting without attachment okay this vairagya that so you you have to that means you have to really inspect that you you're not it's not out of greed it's not out of a selfish motive it's not out of your ego that you're conducting an action so there's a purification of the the ego so in and a, a relationship with the ego that you're developing right because it says you you're all, on one hand when you're in a fully realized state you're not dependent on any other being for anything okay so you're fully independent so there's a, a strong sense of i amness but at the same time you're not acting out of this only the, the needs of your little body okay so you're you're acting without attachment to the results and then you're also performing actions as a sacrifice okay and as meaning that you're giving over you're sacrificing to that principle of of self of that life is meant to be the, the wheel set in motion is this walk through the material to the spiritual and from the personal individual to the universal all inclusive um human being that who really is lives for the welfare of all okay and then so the last thing in this though is that it really emphasizes this part of um living uh independently and stepping up and you being the example but but it it sort of reminds you how hard that is and and it, even to the point where it says it's better to do your own duty though imperfectly than to do the duty of another well it's and better so here's how it says it exactly better in one's own duty though imperfectly done than the duty of another well done so better is in better is death in doing one's duty and so and doing the duty of another brings danger okay and so so part of the training is that even it's amazing like how at the beginning your your own voice your own conviction your own kind of feeling for what is your greatest vision it it's a stumbling vision it's halting and there's there you are not able to act skillfully in every circumstance uh, on your mat so so many different little strains and problems and setbacks are continually happen and then in relationships in work and in negotiating all the duties and actions that you um must do as part of your life there it's a slow climb to skill but but you're always valuing your own uh individual spirit your own original style that you're bringing to uh your work even if you're in like this word revolution like if 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 it's if, if it's going that big like it appears that we are in this time like it feels like revolution is is a i don't know a potentially an applicable word though it's it's big and and so even then 
You're trying to identify your duty, your work in the, um, even in a big social movement, if you're going to be part of that. And so, and this idea that sitting still goes against every fiber of your being. Remember, come back to that. So that partly your job, that is the yogi. It's, it, it's quite amazing because the, the yogi feels uh, rage or anger or at, at the injustice, at violence, at greed, right? Like acutely and suffering, unnecessary suffering. And so... And there's a, there, it's a natural human thing to want to lash out at wrong, to get mad and retaliate and let go. It takes great power to practice restraint and to channel your anger. Like Gandhi or Martin Luther King, you keep your anger contained so that You can act skillfully instead of rashly, and you can also act for the long term. You can be consistent in your actions and and really take the steps to fight for what you you believe. And also, that you're not supposed to sit still. Okay? You're not supposed to sit still. So because even the it's it's amazing in this chapter on action. Krishna, he's God speaking to Arjuna. And one of the things he says is, I don't have any need for action at all, right? I'm God. And yet there I am acting partly to set an example, but also just because human beings act. Okay. And so remember, you're, you're always acting. So you don't have to sit still. In fact, you can't. But you, but what you want to do is sit still long enough to gather your forces and act with discernment and skill and love and um, act from the place of your higher self rather than from the insecurity or fear or kind of need for your own gain. Okay, so there you have it. I hope you, that will help you. And Remember, uh, the Capo Kids Unite workshop. Uh, really love to work with you on those backbends and uh, developing the, using backbends, basic backbends, like the, the ones in second series that come before Kapotasana and the standard Urdhva Like using those principles to kind of build up to the, the challenging pose. A lot like what we're talking about now, that the Kapotasana, there's so much, so much dread and fear and bringing skill in action is so challenging. And so you need to build up to it. And that's what we'll explore in that two days. Okay, so it's June 27th and 28th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can do it live or listen to the recording on your own time and you can get the information on my website. So thank you for joining me for this installment of the Asana Kitchen podcast. Namaste.